Welcome to Your Wealth, Your Legacy, a podcast by Prairie Wood Wealth Management, where we cover the latest in investment, tax, estate, and charitable giving strategies to help you keep more of what you make, make more with what you have, and create a legacy that lasts beyond your lifetime. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Here are your hosts, Nathan Anderson and Steve Nelson. Welcome to another episode of Your Wealth, Your Legacy. I'm your host, Nathan Anderson, here with my co-host, Steve Nelson. Today, we're going to focus on a question many people are asking, which is, do I need a financial advisor? There's many people who choose to do it themselves and many that choose an advisor. So really, the question is, what factors should drive that decision? Can that decision change over time? And if so, at what point does it make the most sense to start working with an advisor? So let's get started, Steve. Sounds good. So Steve, can you start us off with how you think about this decision, whether somebody needs a financial advisor? What are some of the factors that you would consider? Yeah, I think it really boils down to three things. First is, does the person have the capability? Second, do they have the time? And third, do they have the desire? When you say capability, are there certain skills you're thinking of, or is there a certain base level of knowledge that someone should have? What does capability mean to you? Yeah, so this is the knowledge. I don't think you know, every person doing it on themselves needs a certification like the CPA or the CFA or the CFP. I think it's really, do you understand the topics that are necessary to manage your money? And you can get that in a variety of ways, whether that's reading, listening to podcasts, studying on your own. Would you say, so thinking through capability and, and the amount of studying that's involved, does that change over time? I mean, obviously it's different for someone to manage their finances as a newly married couple with very little wealth versus somebody who maybe they're 55, 60 nearing retirement and have two, $3 million or, or more. How does that capability factor change over time? Yeah, I think obviously as people get, begin to build net worth, their situation becomes more complex. And so starting out early on, if they're out of school and it's mainly just to pay down debt and put some money into a retirement account if they can. That skill set is a lot different than a client that's nearing retirement and trying to understand when to claim Social Security and have many different investments and you know a much more complex tax situation. And I would even probably go a step further and say probably the most important thing for a client who's just starting out is making sure that they make the correct financial move so they kind of know what's what's in front of them and they take the right steps. I think the more the more wealth that you create, the more that the question then centers around what opportunities are out there for me to take advantage of that maybe I don't even know about because the wealth that you have gives you a lot of opportunities, um, opens a lot of doors for you. In order to just even know what those doors are, it takes a whole lot more time on the research side of things just to just to have a broad overview of the landscape and really understand what the what the additional strategies are and how you would actually implement them. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. So I think that's a good lead in to the second factor of deciding if you need to hire a financial advisor, which is the question of time. And I think time and capability are really intertwined in the sense that developing the capability takes time. And in, I think a lot of ways takes by far the most amount of time. Actually implementing the strategies takes much less time once you've developed the capability to understand what the strategies are that you should be implementing. How do you think about that, Steve? Yeah, clearly the research part of it is a, a large time commitment. And if you enjoy it and, and have a lot of free time, you know, you're say young and single and you don't want to be doing all of that research. That's one thing. But if you have a successful business and a family with kids, 
to be able to dedicate that time, your your time is more likely best used elsewhere, whether that be growing your business or spending time with family. I think that's a good point. I mean, when, really, when you think about the time impact, it's so easy to think about, well, it takes me two hours a month to do this task or three hours a month to do another task and just focus on the time that it takes to do specific definable tasks where really the biggest time commitment in you know managing your own wealth is the knowledge and the research to really understand what needs to be done. And you know, there's definitely people out there that you know do it very successfully, but understanding the amount of time that they're willing to spend. And if, if that's you, that's great. You know, feel free to, to do the research and do the time. Um, but I think it's one of those things where people really just need to be honest on the front end, understanding what that commitment is, and then decide if they want to take it on. And that obviously changes over time, kind of going back to the capability. You know, if the capability required is different for somebody who has less wealth and is just starting out versus somebody who has significant wealth and maybe a, a successful business, the time then to develop that capability is going to be very different as well. So Steve, let's dive a little bit deeper into some of the factors that change over time that really result in the time commitment changing as net worth grows. So maybe it's you know some of the tax planning or estate planning or charitable giving, certain things that maybe weren't as important when there weren't as many assets, but then what ultimately ends up driving the additional time commitment as net worth increases? Yeah, really, I think the the needs change. So meaning if you have more wealth, you're going to have to worry or think about different things like estate planning or how to minimize taxes. And as your net worth increases, there's more, more things to think about. So I think a simple example of this is on the tax planning side. So if you're just starting out and let's say you don't have a lot of income and you're not paying a lot of tax, there's obviously limited benefit to tax planning in that situation. But as income increases and you start paying more tax, tax planning becomes a much more important part of the overall planning process. Similarly, on the estate planning side, if you have very little net worth, there are a lot fewer strategies that are, I don't know if I'd say available to you, but are necessary because if you don't have a taxable estate, you don't have to try to structure things and figure out how to set everything up to reduce the estate tax that you pay. But as net worth grows, a lot of those strategies become much more important. And as they become more important, then you have to take the time to really learn them and understand how they work in order to effectively implement them for yourself. So Steve, let's talk about some specific areas where we see clients leaving opportunity out there or maybe not taking advantage of, of certain things that they could. Yeah, so we, we usually take a look at their tax return. We get tax returns from all prospective new clients. And a lot of what we see is there's tax saving strategies that they're not utilizing. So that's immediately they're paying more taxes than they, than they should. On the investing side, we oftentimes see investments in high expense ratio funds or inaccurate asset allocation or unoptimized asset allocations. And kind of even on that point, sometimes we see someone come in who has maybe multiple financial advisors, not even just multiple other you know CPAs or estate attorneys, but multiple financial advisors. And none of them are talking to each other, so the portfolio isn't even coordinated. They might have very similar investments in in two different places that really they only need a certain allocation, but they do, they've doubled it up because neither financial advisor knows what's in what's in the other advisor's portfolio. And so, really looking at that holistically is important. Yeah, very common to have multiple advisors investing in even the same stocks or the same funds. 
I think the other thing that we see kind of going back to taxes is leaving unused room in low tax brackets. So being able to accelerate income into low brackets often is not happening, not taking advantage of the most tax advantage invest investing options. Um, there can be really just a, a host of issues that we that we see. And then on the estate side, both tax rules and estate rules change over time. And so sometimes clients get advice from a certain advisor and then the rules change and they don't update the plan to take advantage of that or to plan for that. And that's often just a matter of having to stay up to date on what the rules are because when they change, you have to know that they change and they have to, you have to know how they are applicable to you to know that a change a change needs to be made, which can be a, you know, a significant a significant commitment. When you think, Steve, about the amount of time that it would take, you know, it obviously depends on the size of the client or the, the wealth that they're trying to manage. But generally speaking, like, is this, you know, from a research perspective, is this a 10 or 20 hour a year commitment or is it a two, three, 400 hour a year commitment? Like, wh- like where is that, that balance? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot more time than 10 or 20. I don't know the specific number of hours, but what I would say is, if you're engaging an expert that's doing this for a living, they're spending 40 hours a week plus researching and advising clients, and they're going to see multiple different scenarios where if you're doing it yourself, you're spreading that research time over just yourself. Yeah, I think I think when I think about it, especially for someone who has a significant net worth and there's a lot of things out there, myself and yourself, Steve, I mean, we do this all day, every day, and we're learning new things every single day. And not that all of those new things are going to be applicable to every single person's situation, but it just kind of shows how broad the information is that you need to take in. And whether it be understanding just taxes in general, I mean, that can be somebody's complete life focus, like a specific section of the tax code can be somebody's life focus. And so it's really a question of how deep do you want to go? And there's always more that you can learn. And some of it's going to be applicable and some of it won't be. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think I think there is the risk that, you know, somebody reads a book or goes to uh, something on the internet, reads a blog article, and they think they understand the topic just because they've done that. You know, I think what you don't know is probably the bigger risk. So we've covered kind of the capability, you have the knowledge. The second one was time, do you have the time? And then the third one we mentioned was desire. So that's really, are you interested in learning this stuff? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that might have the time or capability, but they'd rather spend their time doing something else. And I think, you know, that's a big question to ask yourself is, do you really want to do this? I think I think that's one of the hard things to to think through is it's it's often especially for small business owners you know you start out in a small business and you basically do everything yourself because you can't afford to hire people at the beginning but over time as the small business grows and, and becomes more and more successful, a lot of times your time is better spent in that business that you're an expert at and you understand how it works and how to build it and how to grow it versus potentially trying to save money in, in other areas where you're not an expert. We've just found that the opportunity cost of not spending the time in, in your own business oftentimes is, is a lot more expensive than, than hiring somebody to do something that they're already highly skilled at and able to do for other clients. I would agree. Well, awesome, Steve. I think you know, to wrap up this episode and really recap the main points, deciding whether to hire a financial advisor is a personal choice and boils down to whether you have the capability, the time, and the desire to research and learn the information that's necessary to manage your wealth well. You know, I hope this podcast has laid out the points to consider and, and really identified the topics that are necessary to understand in order to do it well, because our ultimate goal is to help your family make an informed decision. 
The next two episodes are going to focus on how to choose a financial advisor if you decide you need one. And I think through those episodes, we can help you identify what are some of the differentiating factors to look for when you look at an advisor to make sure that you find one that's a good fit for your family. So that'll wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening to Your Wealth, Your Legacy. We hope you found the content helpful. If you're interested in learning more about how we work with our clients or if what we do could be right for you, please visit our website at pw-wm.com to learn more. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Your Wealth, Your Legacy by Prairiewood Wealth Management. If you have comments, questions, or would like to learn more about working with Prairiewood Wealth Management, we would love to hear from you. Please visit us at our website, pw-wm.com, or email us at service at pw-wm.com. If you find our podcast helpful, leave us a review and share it so others can find us as well. Thanks for listening as we continue our quest to help others keep more of what they make, make more with what they have, and create a legacy that will last beyond their lifetime. The information discussed on this podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not represent investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed are those of Prairiewood Wealth Management and are subject to change not guaranteed and should not be considered recommendations to buy or sell any security. While past performance of market results may be discussed, It does not provide any assurance of future performance. The information presented herein has been obtained from sources deemed reliable but is not guaranteed.